0: Welcome to Going Off Track. We have an amazing episode for you today. I am, as always, Stephen Smith, joined by our audio guru, The Brad. Waka, waka, waka. See, I added the modifier on it this time. The Brad. Uh, People's producer, Michael Kangemi. Hello. He's also a new dad. Yeah, yeah. And rock journalist extraordinaire, Jonah Bear, who has a piece out in Filter Magazine. He interviewed Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Yeah. Um, Featured Jason Sudeikis. He was super
1: awesome. And... You should check him out in Eastbound and a Down. Was he
0: Super day kiss
1: <laughs> Did you see the first
0: episode of Eastbound and I Down? I did. I got
1: to see it really early, actually, because of this interview. They gave me a screener. It is probably one of the crassest things I've ever seen. It's incredible. And his character, that Shane character, is so out, Totally so heightened to, like to kind of match yeah. Danny McBride's energy. I think it's so great.
0: Mike Brad, do you guys watch Eastbound and Down? I've seen like the first two or three.
2: Years. Yeah, I just started watching it, actually.
1: There aren't that many episodes. You should just sit down and watch them all because they're it's really incredible. It's, re-
0: it's amazing. Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, my
2: hick uh, cousin from Tennessee was the one that
1: actually
0: turned me on to it.
2: Like, you got to see this show, man. It's really fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Danny McBride is He's a fucking genius. hilarious. I Although I did just watch uh, a bad movie that he co-wrote, Your Highness. I
2: watched Your Highness, dude. <laughs> this is one of those where I was like.
0: Natalie Portman fucking signed on for this. I
1: liked your highness. I, there's a lot of there's a
0: lot of parts that I liked, but then I was like, I could see there's so much more I wanted to happen. And I loved where it was going and I loved the theme to it, but yeah. like I don't know. I, I just love the fact that everyone had a bad British accent and was like, oh fuck. Well, I like, love here's the
2: thing. Great. I also love James Franco too, and I like of course Danny McBride, but it's like the whole the movie's called Your Highness and I was like there's way not enough pot smoking in it for it to be called Your Highness either. Like they only smoked pot like once with a troll in the movie. I love that part with the troll. There was a lot of funny in it but it was he, too. It was like He wants us to jerk yes. him yeah. off. It was too long. Yeah, it was way too long. Yeah, it was pretty and I thought it ended really shitty. Yeah, I don't remember how I, it by ended. By the end I was drunk. I didn't really realize what was going on. I was just like this movie can't as, keep
0: going. As, as nerdy as I am there is a prequel comic book that Danny McBride wrote I don't know who drew it,
1: but really? you can find it. Yeah, do you have it?
0: No, I haven't been able to afford comic books since the children were born. So they put like
2: money in that movie, though. Too man, you could tell Dude, like they like really worked on that shit. So
0: much special effects. Oh, Justin Thoreau was amazing.
2: Yeah, he
0: was great. And you, you you do that good in a Danny McBride flick, and you get to uh, sleep with Jennifer Aniston. So well done. Yeah. Um, today's show here's a great segue. Now, uh, talking about comedy, we have wonderful comedy writer. Book writer, podcast host Julie Klausner. Uh, Julie Klausner uh, has done a lot of comedic work. She's written for some shows that are infused. Uh, written for a number of comedy shows, but she's here to talk about the monkeys. Yes, we like we really went off track on this one. It <laughs> went it went two directions. I had no idea, and then she kind of turned the tables and started asking us questions, which was a lot of fun. That always works. Yeah, until until. Uh, I forced Mike's hand into revealing his superpower. My my yeah, don't don't release it one. yet. Yeah. Let let people listen to it. Super X Men power. She was kind of into it though. Yeah, I thought I, she was cool. Yeah. I'm it, part of the shitty X Men.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can't do anything, but you
0: know, uh, Julie has an amazing book out now. You can grab it. I've had it for a while. Uh, it is called I Don't Care About Your Band. Thank you, Jonah. You're welcome. I was going <laughs> to screw it up again, and we'd have to re-record <laughs> the intro for the third time. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we don't do that. Re-record stuff. Uh, Julie's podcast is called How Is Your Week? This I know. And, Joni, you've been to a live taping. I have not been to a live you haven't. taping. Which live taping you have been to? Oh, you've been to WTF.
1: I've been to uh, Best Show on WFMU. Oh, right on. Uh, which she's done. But Vanessa has been to on her show and s- s- said she had
0: a great time. She tells us all about the live taping she does and all the cool things. And her podcast is blowing up, as they say in the podcast world. So I wait. I totally got confused.
1: I have been to a live taping. Yeah. I thought you meant a taping of... Like a live taping of her doing her podcast, like at her house, <laughs> which a live taping means a live show, which would yeah. totally make sense and is the clearest <laughs> way to ask that question. I totally misinterpreted it, and we've talked about me going and yes, um, yes, I have been to that. Great.
0: <laughs> oh, here's Julie. She's just the coolest. It's
3: going on track! Of
0: course. I bought this book for my you wife had? like like last year. That's awesome. Well, I read a review of it and I was like, my wife will totally do
3: this. Your wife sounds like a, a lady with uh, class and distinction. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> my wife does have class and distinction. I love, it. I love it. So so when Jonah told me what we you agreed to come in, I, yeah. I grabbed it. Oh, and that's awesome. Started reading it, and I had it's so funny. I had all intentions of uh, I have twin baby girl, so forgive me if I haven't finished it, but full disclosure, I have an hour train ride to get here, and I was like, "Book, I'm going to go, right? Hey, see somebody I know who wants to sit and chat the entire train ride. Oh,
3: Jesus. That's the worst. And I guess it's not the (laughs) worst, but it's kind of the worst. The
0: backstory is he he and my wife ride the same train every day oh. and they have this rule that they don't sit and talk to each other
3: oh they do and
0: he's very
3: but you um, guys don't have that rule yet
0: apparently I thought we did
3: no <laughs> you, never di- <laughs>
0: you never discuss the rule with him though and as we're leaving I'm like this is unprecedented you didn't shut up the entire time
3: you actually said that to him I did no, did no, no, it nice. hurt his feelings no no he's tough. good
0: I
1: think if, you're, if you, you're friends with Steven you learn how to take that kind of stuff and yeah. not be offended <laughs>
3: it's it's better than being passive aggressive yeah arguably that's what i am are you
0: (laughs) (laughs) right on um we're just diving in which is good yeah Uh, are we
3: recording yeah oh yeah i just realized that's boxed water and that looks milky (laughs) you (laughs) want to like
2: you know what it is
3: well it's just water but i i imagine you can't drink it without thinking of milk um
2: well it's Funny when you don't know what it is, and you see somebody like, yeah. up on stage drinking it. And like, really, drinking what's milk? wrong with that person? Like or... organ like uh, generic milk at that. Yeah,
3: yeah. 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 Or, or like, yeah, exactly. Like um, <laughs> from uh, Repo Man, Cheap. how like they had all those like generic labels, right. and that was sort of all I remember from Repo. Man. <laughs> and Harry Dean Stanton was at his pockmarkiest. The
0: Repo Man. There, you know, there's Repo Man, and then there's the reason they had Repo Men on.
3: What's that?
0: That's that's Forest Whitaker and Jude Law, and it's it's like it's like the tacky sci-fi story of um, uh, you bought this liver, you didn't pay for it. We're going to take it back oh, right now. That's the, the organ.
3: Uh, the idea that it's like a dystopic.
0: Yes. Okay. Correct. So on my cable service provider, the FiOS, uh, they always had it listed as. Repo Man, and it would say a punk rocker gets into adventures, and I was like, "Hot oh, damn, yeah. I never saw this yeah. movie all the way through!" So every time I would, the first time I, you know, stuck it on the DVR and I watched it, I'm like, Jude Law.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you have tell me you've seen it all the way through now. Repo Man. How do for we, me, Repo Man? How's is our
1: relationship those... going to change if I say no? <laughs> well, I saw it recently, all the way through, and I the ending was
0: totally. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, the ending. That's the ending what I'm crazy. saying. You have to
2: see it all the way through.
0: Yeah, that's my. I haven't seen it all the way through. What
3: yet. happens at the end? If you just don't mind bananas. me asking, or spoiling Repo Man, like
1: the car like floats into outer yeah. space, basically, yeah. <laughs> and
0: so then comes awesome. down, and it's the beginning of heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Or tape heads. I mean, it could be like it's just such in that era of like. That early eighties kind of like, Mike Nesmith was probably involved.
0: <laughs> Mike Nesmith, man, there was. I just watched a documentary on the monkeys recently, and it was the two thousand seven documentary, yeah, showing all the interviews of Mike Nesmith from ninety eight, the last time he apparently ever talked about the monkeys. Yeah, people don't realize how. Like, Mike Nesmith invented MTV.
3: And his mother invented White, White Out. Out. I yeah. was just
0: going to say, was that his mom, right? He invented right? Out, Totally. He, he
3: invented He's got M- bigger fish to fry, <laughs> in other words. Like.
0: And and it shows that all parties involved on the monkeys were, from the guys on the show to the guys producing the show, was just this bevy of douchebags. Like, no one <laughs> wanted... Like, the producers were like, we're going to put this band together and take advantage of the Beatles and the mania behind the Beatles. Yeah. Beatlemania, they called it. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> selling out all these, uh, you know, merchandise and, and songs. And we'll get Don Kushner to, to put songs together. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to let these punk kids write songs. No, we're going to write songs. Well, who the fuck are you that mm-hmm. think you can write a song to come in? No one liked anybody. And I didn't realize. I thought the monkeys ran, in my head from a kid watching reruns, 10 years. Two
3: seasons. Yeah. Monkey Mania was two seasons. It was such a condensed, like, American version of, like, oh, yeah, Mania. we can do that. But yeah. <laughs> we'll do it in this compressed, like, L.A. kind of way where... Uh, with, like, old-school, you know, Jewish TV comedy writers. Right, like, yeah, you right. see the end of the credits, yeah. and it's like, oh, my God. And even the second season where they had stuff that was really revolutionary, and especially in my memory, mm-hmm. but it's, like, mm-hmm. written by, like, you know, Shecky Abrams and, like, <laughs> literally, like, the same three guys that would, you know, write I Dreamed of genie and bewitch, yeah, yeah. and then they'd go home to their wives and have a roast.
0: I was, I was, a, I was <laughs> M- Monkeys was the second concert I ever went to oh, in really? my life. Yeah. And it was the first concert, just to show, just to show cred here. <laughs> Sha Na first concert I ever went to. Second concert I ever went Getting to. Getting
3: a portrait of a artist as a young sort of '60s, yeah. you know. There's some rock, but well, I don't know. And, uh, I just think that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Those are hard, your first to, two. It's hard to
0: differentiate. Well, my parents took me to Sha because we watched the show. Yeah, and then Sha Na came back. But technically, the first band I saw live was Doctor Hook and the Medicine Men, who let's were back to- let's back up. Let's
3: back up. There's a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> so on. when you said you saw the monkeys, was that the It tour?
0: Oh no, this was. Um, uh, wait a minute.
3: It was probably the It tour. No, it because
0: had to be. That was had 88 be
3: th- or something. No, or? it was
0: 86. It was 86? that it was that was then. This is now. Yeah. That's when I saw them. Yeah.
3: That's Poolit, and that was when Viacom was like r- rerunning those episodes on MTV and Nickelodeon and.
0: Was this pre or post New Monkeys?
3: Um, new Monkeys is completely separate, but yeah, it yeah. is post that okay. I believe. I'm not a New Monkeys expert. I like to consider myself a bit of a monkeys <laughs> expert, but Fair New enough. Monkeys <laughs> is off my that, that's off my uh, you know the area of knowledge. My
0: thing with with the monkeys and Mike Nesmith, Mike Nesmith specifically, mm-hmm. is I try not to be weirded out by people's beliefs. But Christian Science always kind of weird. Oh, I didn't know
3: yeah. he was a Christian Scientist.
0: Yeah, there's there's uh, one of the stories is if I'm getting the facts right in my head, uh, <laughs> his wife got hit by a car or something. She got hurt very badly, yeah. and just we're gonna go pray it away.
3: I didn't realize that, and also yeah. was that his first wife or was it? Because he had a lot of you do know dalliances. A lot. Well, he had Jason Nesmith, the guy who's a musician, right, with um, this photographer. That I guess he had a dalliance with. because his... when he was on that show, he was twenty one and he was already married. Like he was the only one that was mm-hmm. like, um, you know, kind of settled down. And, and you know, then... and,
0: and what was his pseudonym when he first?
3: Oh, oh gosh, oh no, I know this, but I don't know it right now. It was something like Mike Celebration or something. Close,
0: Michael Blessing. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I Bam. think that's that's terrific.
0: We would rock on trivia.
3: I feel like <laughs> a monkeys trivia challenge. I could do well. The rest, I would fail you. <laughs> I would disappoint you in many, many ways.
0: No, wait. So okay. So so monkeys. Yeah, you know a lot about. How'd you get into them?
3: I guess it was around that time because I would come home from school and they oh. were running those episodes yeah. on MTV and on Nickelodeon, and I was obsessed. And that was sort of right around the time that they had their comeback, and I had their records and Mm -hmm. like to me they were the ultimate and even though it was like a very retro slice of teen uh fandom like Mm -hmm. it it hit me at the time when I guess girls in the 60s would have been as enchanted but by then they were just disgusting and they've only gotten (laughs) more disgusting although Mike looks reasonably good for you know he just he just looks like an adult Mickey Dolan is such a minstrel show just bad news (laughs) visually and and a lot of it is choice, so I don't feel bad making fun of how bad he looks because, like, nobody forces him to wear that big Stetson hat.
0: I've never heard anyone refer to someone else as a minstrel show.
3: But he kind of is, like, because yeah. he kind of looks like a monkey now. Like, he kind of <laughs> <laughs> looks like a, um, not a chimp necessarily, but like uh, those baboons that. I've seen some great nature docs. There's one that, like, um, they have, like, a hot tub, and they, like, don't let the lower class monkeys in the hot tub. And they're freezing. So they all freeze to death except for, like, the cool kids. He would have been the one that froze to death.
0: Mickey Dolenz is the outcast monkey among the monkeys.
3: I believe that he must be the most difficult one to be in like an elevator with or just to like have to have lunch I saw him get out of an elevator once yeah was it weird
0: it was bizarre because I was living in Los Angeles and we had the same commercial agent I had no idea and he came out, and I did the very, you know, nonchalant, Day, hey, You're Mickey Jones! That's awesome! <laughs> and he went, Hey! And I was like, Ha-ha! And then walked to my car like a tool.
3: Well, he was probably thrilled. You probably um, made his day, I think. I imagine that his is the kind of fame where every time he's recognized, you know, pushes the the suicidal thoughts back an inch. Right? You, when, I mean, I don't mean to be cruel, but...
0: <laughs> when, you find, when I found out it only ran for two years, then I kind of thought, Wow, they really made this. Like, that's one season less than Star Trek.
3: Well, that I don't know anything about, but I do believe that for something that ran that uh, for that little time, Mm, it really made a huge impact as far as I know. I mean, and I Mm. do think their records are still great. And some of those Brill Building guys and ladies, Meryl King The porpoise song is hers, and I think that's. Oh really? I didn't know that. uh, Yeah. yeah, Of course, you know Neil
0: Neil Diamond did all that.
3: Neil Diamond and um, Boys and Heart, and Mm -hmm. so I. I think that they had, and just also visually, for me personally, growing up as a lady who likes dudes, like Mm -hmm. I look at those four guys from that time, and I see the way like men see. Brigitte Bardot or Raquel Welch or like just women that are so unbelievably beautiful that that's kind of my equivalent at that time maybe it was the style maybe it was just like the that's
0: whole an odd
3: mise-en-scene of it but those guys were like running around and being funny <clears throat> and playing the guitar and I was like I me want that. Well John Lennon
0: said you know the you know the, the monkeys were were more like the Marx Brothers than like yes like like the Beatles yes um I don't know if I heard a lot of- Brigitte Bardot and Well, Rocco I think Welsh. they were gorgeous,
3: and you look back— Laverne
0: and Shirley, maybe. Well, but.
3: I just—I'm talking about, like, what Aesthetically. they look like. Okay. Yeah, like. Yeah, not necessarily, like, you know, the 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 content of it. Like, the, no way are they, like—and it's different what girls are attracted to, because you right. don't want a guy who's in a caveman outfit, like, and that, like, Brigitte Bardot pose, necessarily. Yeah. But just looking back, I just see, like, Mike Nesbitt was in that second scene— when he was just wearing like white turtlenecks and aviator glasses and like a different medallion yeah. every week. And that's just heaven to me. Like, really? that's, <laughs> yes, that is just like, that's my, that's my thing. That's your type. Mm-hmm.
0: So having like
3: medallions, did you know that? Yeah, girls dig medallions. We dig medallions uh, any kind: veal medallions, pork medallions.
0: Oh, they <laughs> delicious. We should all wear more medallions. So wait, so 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 I'm I'm picturing Mike <laughs> Nesmith in the the I'm a Believer the the video they shot they,
3: more like daily nightly, like when they got uh. that big moog and they were all yeah. behind it, and like they're all wearing white, and you know that someone dressed them, but like he pulls it off. Okay.
0: <laughs> so that kind of so that kind of
3: that's my that's my uh, my jam. Okay. Sexually. Gotcha. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> Christian scientists. I didn't know that. That's interesting. No, no. Think of Christians. Is Prince—oh, he's Jehovah's Witness, right? Prince Jehovah's yeah. Witness, okay. yes. Are both of them against blood transfusions? Because I know— Jehovah is. Okay. I
0: don't know. but I'm assuming Christian scientists they must be is. against
3: any kind of procedure that involves—
0: <laughs> There's a great Simpsons episode. There's actually several. But the one in particular <laughs> uh, shows the uh, a news— uh, like something happens in the news, and the Christian Science Monitor news band pulls yeah. up. They get a flat tire. They go, "Nope, we can't change it. <sighs> Got to sit around till God fixes That's it for us." Such
3: a bummer. Yeah, especially since the word science and also like reading are in their <laughs> Christian mm-hmm. Science reading rooms. You want it to be question things and
0: yeah, critical learn thinking things is a and good be th- critical. Yeah, uh, Jonah has mentioned that we need to thank you for coming to Williamsburg. But
3: you're welcome. I you talk a can? lot about how you I'm hate sorry. Williamsburg. I, I don't <laughs> hate. Williamsburg I just I I, you know when I was dating and I've been in a relationship for like three and a half years now but when I was dating it was really more toward the beginning of the decade and I do think things have changed a little Um, the economy has since crashed Uh, I think that there's been a backlash to the backlash of the point where you don't even know what hipster means anymore but um, when I was dating I came out here so often and um, and I had some really lousy experiences that I, I don't wish to impose on the the, the great land of, of where we are currently recording this. But um, I mean but Williamsburg, yeah.
0: Brooklyn, not Williamsburg, Virginia. For I have those no of you problem with Williamsburg,
3: Virginia. <laughs>
0: would you like some cider?
3: I would love some cider. <laughs> Finally, he asks me.
0: <laughs> so you came out here earlier and and came Williamsburg out to go was, on
3: dates with guys. And was the
0: opposite of the monkeys? Not just, your jam.
3: <laughs> it was just really frustrating. It was really hard to find. And uh, something that was sticking and that was substantial and that felt serious. And I, I, I'm i sure that I was – there was just time and place and this just happened to be the place.
0: Got it. Yeah, I, I came out here and, and lived in Williamsburg around 2002. And it wasn't the – It's
3: really different.
0: Well, where I lived was South Forth and Driggs. Yes. And that was still the hood. A
3: little heroiny.
0: And if you walked down eight blocks, then it was, you know, St. Mark's.
3: And then you also got, I mean, it was a bubble that had to burst Mm -hmm. and that sort of happened around the election. But, like, I I definitely think that there's been a lot of, you know, internal shifts that I I sort of acknowledge in the book but are definitely have since changed and they're more subtle. And the transition between, like, you know, irony and earnestness has definitely happened since then where Mm -hmm. people are really into, like, cheese and – that's a bummer. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot
0: of cheese shops. Oh my there. god! With it,
3: <sighs> so much I like, cheese. I, I like think, dairy. I, think it's a, I mean
0: a good point now to to mention the name of your book yes. since we've talked about it. I don't care about your band. I bought this book for my wife a year ago, so I got to when she finished it. Go uh, rem- when my wife finishes a book, she just she doesn't want it in the house anymore. That's
3: interesting.
0: She no, she's like I'm done with it. Why would I want to keep she's it? Her a,
3: she's a reverse hoarder.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she gives it to me, and I'm the opposite. I'm like I can't give away a book, so. I have a... In our house, We I have a, a studio garage. That's, yeah. That's where everything she hates that belongs to me is. It's so your
3: man cave.
0: It's pretty so cool. So many comic books in there. And Are more, there? And yeah. It's... I'm... I take nerd to a new level. Are
3: you? Would you ever sell your comic books? Or I'm in the process. Are yes. you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I have children, so
3: you need you need so the they're money. They're going
0: to be destroyed. They're going to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and and they need to eat.
3: Isn't that funny <laughs> that like you wouldn't give the comic books to your children, but you'd sell them to feed them? It's just funny that it's like, well, now that they're kids. I can't keep these comic books around. Comic books are, they're too
2: precious to give to kids. Yeah,
1: they don't yes. need them. I had to go with Steven to sell his comics, and it was one of the saddest things I ever had to watch. <laughs> Awful. It was, I don't even want... Really? traumatized. Was it
3: one of those things where you, like, he wouldn't let go, and the guy was trying to take it out of his Sort of,
0: yeah. like... So when you get to that act of desperation where it's like, I you know what, I have to sell these because I need money for other things, and these, they're not worth anything. But they're they, not? Nah, not anymore. If If people in, I guess, our generation, if you... Got into comic books in the eighties. I called a store recently saying, I have all these comics, I want to sell them. Mm-hmm. Well, when'd you collect? The eighties? Like, damn
3: it. You know? Oh, they're not worth anything uh, yet or No, they won't be worth ever? ever.
0: Like you said, the bubble has to burst. Really? So in the eighties, the comic book bubble burst with so many being printed and so many coming I out. See. So the market was flooded. So there's a few select <laughs> issues that okay. people can nerd about. But what's cool about comics is now most every movie was a comic book at yes. one point I'm not talking about the major ones like you know it's Green complicated Lantern, with Meryl
3: Streep <laughs> it's
0: complicated it was subtle um, it
3: was a know. marvel it was not a DC people didn't, people didn't
0: <laughs> well you know S- Silkwood was originally a Dark Horse Presents people don't people don't I know I could see that.
3: that Shower Woman
0: oh yeah she, exactly <laughs> Darwin. We you know we just dis- we discussed once Mike actually has a superpower himself that actually I think might fascinate you. What's that?
2: It's not it's it's a really shitty superpower. <laughs> I mean it's like I was saying it's like not allowed in the X men school, which you uh, corrected me. Which
0: Xavier is, School's for gifted youngsters in Westchester, New York. I don't have armpit smell. Oh, uh,
2: that's interesting. Yeah. I don't get the B O. And it's weird because it's like, it's one of those things I've never worn deodorant. I was just saying on the way here, Steven's like, oh, I don't like wearing undershirts usually because the deodorant thing. And I was like, yeah, I don't wear deodorant. And it's it usually is like fascinates people.
3: Cause- yeah. What is your ethnicity? I'm, I'm really into eugenics. Italian by the way.
2: <laughs> my family's like my you know, from like Italy. That's what? The, yeah. And I should be way hairier and greasy. Well, I'm greasy. Well you were you northern Italian? <laughs> I mean, northern that's... and my father's side. Well like you're not Sicilian. Sicilian. What? My father's uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should reek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should also be way like I have like three chest hairs, like one nipple one that like comes out and like that's pretty much the I'm glad you ended
0: like... that with one nipple one, because for a second I had, yeah. In that brief nanosecond, <laughs> my mind went a thousand different yeah. directions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One nipple, where
3: could they be? Nah, yeah.
0: That would have come up at some point in time in our relationship.
3: I like what? that. That's a superpower that well, you consider. It- I consider.
2: <laughs> I didn't consider it a superpower until like I started telling people, and they're like, "You fucking don't wear deodorant." And I'm like, "Now it's just one of those things. Like I get gross. Like if I don't shower, yeah. I get like the grease comes out. But it's it's a it's a it, weird thing. Like it just doesn't. It never."
3: It's funny that like this, a superpower would be like not doing something. Like okay. not. Doing... But
2: I was saying that's why it's shitty because I can't really use it for anything. Or, or you could use it for, for
3: saving money valuable money on, on right guard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're never going to have Alzheimer's or
3: Mitchum. Well, you yeah. you you know you I missed your calling Mitchum. because yeah. they
2: you know the the uh, in Vietnam they used to say they could smell the Americans coming. They I did? guess I could be yeah. like stealth dude. Yeah. In so the- you could maybe, maybe you would have been a killer. Let's write we'll this just, movie like, now. Some ninja yeah. opportunities. Be like, well, what's his superpower? He no. just
0: doesn't It's a smell. time travel story. You're a soldier that needs to go back to Vietnam to turn the tide of the war. Yeah. So that you could sneak up on the VC and they can't smell you because not
2: It's like Weapon smell. X but they just took my armpit smell away like instead of giving me adamantium bones that were unbreakable. Yeah but see Mike they just what are we gonna do it's way <laughs> cheaper dude. Have you learned just
0: nothing Wolverine is, nice Canadian, is Canadian yeah. and there was limited involvement is. in the <laughs> Vietnam yeah. War. We're just gonna make him unsmellable. <laughs> oh, it's, way,
2: it's like yeah. the shittier version where it's like does he have claws That no dude he's shitty at everything it's just he doesn't smell. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna teach him how to shoot and he can just sit there we'll paint him so no one sees him and we're gonna shit. I like shit that him. you'd
3: go back in time but not to stop the war. Get
0: involved yeah, yeah, yeah. Get involved yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the protest against it. <laughs> you could have warned us becoming. Yeah. I didn't go back. That, yeah, it's really. really? Yeah, it's a stupid superpower. Wait,
3: where's Hugh Jackman from? Is he Australia? Australia. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay.
0: He's and that was originally. God, I'm such a dork. Why do I? No, it's fine. Let's continue. My
3: friend Nate's a big X-Men. Person, okay. he's a big fan, so I know that Gene Gray is from Scarsdale, which is cool. Yeah, Gene Gray is a big so I'm deal. I'm from Scarsdale, which is not cool at all. Are you from all, Scarsdale? I am. It's it's. I used to be embarrassed of it, but now I think it's kind of funny. Scars- it's like Great Neck, or
0: yeah, I was gonna say Scarsdale had a stigma for a while, but it, I never yes. understood it. I think it's just because the name sounds funny.
3: It's a funny name, and they're. The, you know, the, the being it's it's very infamous for being like a, a you know Jewish upper white middle, upper middle class white yeah. kind of suburb, and and so when everything when when anything terrible happens, people go. They, they, it's like <clears throat> Christmas or Hanukkah. Um, they, like the Scarsdale Diet Doctor who was shot in the eighties and. And then, they're, and then Scarsdale and Great Neck have this, like, rivalry because they're the same exact place. But when the, like, Capturing the Freedmen's movie came out, yes. and yes. Scarsdale was like, yes! Kids were molested there, not here. Suck it, Great Neck. So <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> but yes, I know Jean Grey is from Scarsdale. Yes. So we have that in common. But okay. otherwise, I think she and I sort of agree to disagree. Jean Grey? Yeah. But, but Wolverine is Canadian?
0: Wolverine's Canadian, yeah.
3: What are we talking about? Like, Toronto? Halifax?
0: You know, well, see, it's hard because... This is just going to go so this bad. Is, yeah, I was hey, going to say, this is going to... You got to commit yeah. to it, yeah.
2: yeah I got to pass off. Can't.
3: I got to pass the torch. Oh,
1: yeah, you got to bring in your intern, yeah. Yeah, sorry. The human torch, right, guys? <laughs> <The> human torch, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: I want to talk about your book. Yes. And specifically, the act of having a book. Yes. Like, because like, you've been a writer forever. Yes. Uh, you've been involved in comedy for a long time. I have. And... I've heard people say, we're going to have a book deal to other people. Like, are you going to have a book? Like how does that step come about in your career path?
3: This was completely manna from heaven and that I was working as a staff writer for a TV show and I, uh, the job ended and then there was the writer's strike. Remember Mm -hmm. that happened a few years ago. And so during that writer's strike, I was already sort of starting to think like, Oh, what if there were other things I could do? Um, besides look for jobs at, don't exist. Yep. Um, and I actually got an email from a literary agent that said, "Would you like to write a book at some point?" And I said, "Yeah." I was just thinking about that, and um, he really helped me develop a book proposal and um, sort of guided me towards this is a good place that you could submit essays that will help you get exposure that we we'll could you know we could sell the book based on and you know maybe don't do something that's all just random essays because. Those are hard to sell if you're Mm -hmm. not a celebrity. So a memoir is a better idea because you can tell stories, but um, to have an overarching theme is something that you should work towards. So he was really helpful in steering me towards that and helping me and giving me examples of things to look at and um, like a proposal template, which was helpful. Um, But anyway, so yeah, he really was very helpful. And then around that time, I got um, one of the stories I was working on uh, in the New York Times Modern Love column, and that was a really big deal because apparently everybody reads that, and he was able to sell a book based on the proposal that I already had, but the exposure of that was really helpful in getting that last push. So then I got a book deal and was able to spend a year sort of just working on the book and also teaching uh, at UCB, which I, I did All right. at night. So that was kind of my year. Um and then I've since written. I just finished a young adult novel, but that was something that was very different in that I had to juggle a lot of different things at the same time. And but the, I feel like your first book, and especially a memoir that you're you know putting your life story out there, and you're doing something that you know really I, I felt wanted to represent who I was in a very kind of you know deep way. Um, I really concentrated. Uh, I've worked as hard as I'd ever really worked on something just to make sure that it was. Good, I rewrote it and reread it over and over again. and
0: how how important is the the editor when when you were working on a book? because I don't think people realize I don't uh, how most things any career is basically team oriented, yeah, and when you know when we worked <laughs> on a television show together, uh, you know, Jonah, Jonah wrote what I was being said for reasons to to help me out and, yeah. and help the show out. Mike made the show happen and look pretty and do that. And when we do the podcast, you know, we have a producer, you know, and mm-hmm. you have your podcast. How was mm-hmm. your week? You yes. have a producer, which I've listened to. Oh,
3: thank you. Yes.
0: It's loads of fun. Oh,
3: thank you very much. I love doing it. We
0: use the same microphone.
3: You, we do?
0: Sure. SBs, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Oh, ladies my goodness. The second, exp- the second less The second... Cheapest, yeah. You you don't want to get the cheapest, those stink,
0: yeah. You get the second cheapest, well, these, these are the as, as Brad will say, these are rockstar mics. Well, this well, is what well. bands use,
3: that's cool.
0: And you always want, and you always, and we have ourselves on tape many times of Brad saying, uh, you want basically you know eight inches in front of your face.
3: Why would Brad say that without knowing what Brad was, <laughs> Mike? He said it to you earlier,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did I say again? You said, Oh, like you're. Blowing a dick, that's what yeah. you
2: said. Oh, like you're sucking someone's dick. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, that's
0: yeah. what you said. <laughs> well, I it, love innuendo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was innuendo?
3: I think um, it, the, the, w- in relation to what you were asking about, I think that book writing can be more independent than anything Correct. else, which is yes. why it's terrifying. Um, that's not to say you, know, you can do it alone because you can't. You do need an editor. Right. To buy it and help you and and your agent to make that happen. And then um, you show it to friends that you trust, which have always been the resource that I kind of most depend upon is people who uh, will not bullshit me and give me good notes, but won't be mean either. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but it really is the most – the thing I liked about it um, and would recommend, especially for people who have done TV writing, is that what I realized is I get final word. I get final cut. So if I had a disagreement with the editor – I win because my name is on it, and that's something that is huge, especially for someone who's on TV. And you never, well, also your name isn't on it <laughs> usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is in the end, and unless you know, you're Oprah, which you know, not many of us are. Some of us are. No, it was. No, it was in our are. case, though. What
1: our show is <laughs> Steven's Untitled Rock Show.
3: Oh, okay.
1: it did have your name. I mean, yeah, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm sure you had a higher level of influence at that level than you would if you were just like a staff writer for a sitcom
0: yeah we had an interesting dynamic on that show i hired jonah to write because he had zero experience doing television and that's what we wanted yeah because we're like well then we can do it i
3: could see that Then
0: we can do it right
3: (laughs) well also you know it's like there's an expression about like oh i don't know how to direct a movie or write for tv it's like have you eaten at a restaurant? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know how to wait tables. Like it's something that you do want someone who hasn't been really jaded about to come into it, but is still excited about it. And I completely understand that.
0: So when you were, so when you were going through the book and you said, I like what you said about finding a theme, not making a collection of essays, which is great because there's a serious through line. And I mean, serious is in it's consistent, not serious. Then it's very, very (laughs) serious.
3: Um,
0: through line for your book, I was sold on the title.
3: Thanks. You know,
0: which is why I wanted to uh, uh, get it from my wife because she, she had gone through that, you know, dating dating a guy in a band she also dated a Hell's Angel. She hates it when oh, I bring up. Oh, that's interesting. She hates it when I bring that up.
3: Well, it's fascinating that <laughs> she dated a Hell's Angel. An and immediate... I would bring it up all the time just to have, that's like a good party trick at a dinner. It would be like, oh, honey, tell that story. I don't know right? why she
0: gets so irritated when I said
1: bring I used it to up. live across from their headquarters or whatever on East 3rd. On 3rd, yeah. And I've walked past it a million times and then Stephen's like, oh, yeah, my wife's been in there. I was like, what's, it? it's like this mythical <laughs> yeah. place. He,
3: she's been in. She's
1: been in the Hell's Angels, yeah.
3: Really? Yeah. So what – do they treat outsiders like – It would I would think it would be an issue to – like someone was dating a civilian who wasn't a biker babe, No, that's kind of – I no? think that's
0: kind of the – I think that's okay. And this – I think this was one of the – Exceptions? Well, I think he wasn't a New York Hells Angel. I think he was coming in and just – There's I'm a not, lot upstate, a lot yeah. in the Catskills that yeah.
3: ride, yeah. I went to Safe a karaoke bar once in the Catskills and – they don't like Cher. I'll put that out there. I, I did,
0: uh, the Catskills or the Hells Angels? sang
3: half breed at a biker bar, and they did not care for it.
0: Must have been the content <laughs> of the song.
3: I don't agree. I think it was everything. I think it was everything I was doing and Cher has ever done. Cher is fascinating that I you mentioned. I
0: I had a share experience last week because a friend of Please mine share. put on. <laughs> Bam! Jota Bear. Uh, the experience was a friend of mine put on Facebook. Maybe this was a giant Facebook thing. I don't go on Facebook that. Facebook uh, is uh, the worst. I don't understand it. I hate it. it. confuses me. Oh my god, me.
2: we're best friends. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Well, we yeah, we won't go there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I like about Facebook is I can put up pictures of my kids, so people yeah. can stop asking for pictures of my kids.
3: Oh, I can great. see how that would be yeah, helpful. Yeah, I see how that works. Yeah. So
0: a friend of mine put up, find the song that was number one.
3: I remember The, the week yeah. you were born. Yeah, I saw
0: that. So the song that was number one the week I was born was Gypsy's Tramps and Thieves, That's
3: awesome. <laughs> wow.
0: Which cracked wow. me up. So I found a link to the video and posted it up on which YouTube. Which
3: video? Was it her singing it on Sunny and Share.
0: You know what? It didn't say on YouTube, but there were at least what three costume she? changes during the song. So it so probably it was. What could been. have
3: been anything? That was just a Tuesday in Cher's apartment.
0: Did you watch Sunny and Cher?
3: I love Sonny and Cher. Should ever
0: see the episode of Sonny and Cher where, uh, wait a minute. No, it was reverse. Donnie and Marie had Sonny and Sharon as oh. a guest. And they had a little war. Wait, no. Was it a the medley?
3: Hosts.
0: It was a medley, but they also like fought to see who were the hosts of the show.
3: What was in the medley? I wow. love a medley.
0: Yeah. Yeah, medley's good. That's why I enjoy seeing Prince in concert.
3: Does Prince do a lot of medleys? <gasps> he never finishes a damn song. Really? I didn't realize that. He does
0: all medleys. Oh,
3: that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. you
1: seen Prince, right? No. I've never oh, seen Prince. It's, I've he, seen Weird I'll do a lot of medleys. But
2: that's,
0: <laughs> uh, the title of your book, I Don't Care About Your Band, and then, of course, whatever. There's I, a
3: really long subtitle, but I don't like it. When, you don't have to read it. Okay, I, wh- I wh- it what there is there it about to, the
0: subtitle? Why'd you put it there?
3: Well, that ha- that was a back and forth with the publisher to make it uh, broader because they were worried the title was a little too um, niche, Okay, so they wanted to make sure, you know everybody in the world will buy. I, I don't even know. It was like, what if we do, I, I the original subtitle was just lessons learned from romantic disappointments, but oh. they wanted something that was, well, we, it was sort of a compromise too because I really, really was very uh, resolute that the title remain the title, even though it might not appeal to like women in their 50s or, you know. Mm.
0: Um, I don't know. Now with, I've uh, noticed, you know, the, as, as I'm entering the, the 40s, yeah. you know, or I'm in them, uh, that that generation gap is there really isn't too much of a generation gap anymore.
3: I think that's I think that's true, and I think that's really interesting. And I I think that you know as rock musicians age, we are going to learn more things about so many different areas in terms of like you know what well what acid does long term has always been really interesting to me um and then um you know just getting rid of the trophy wives and like and and retire and that that's also really gross and sad and my question about
1: the book sort of was i kept picturing myself when you were writing it and was there a moment where you're like i don't want to make myself this vulnerable because it's one thing to write a book but one thing to write about the most personal stuff ever and kind of just be like Anyone can read this for 10 bucks. It was
3: really terrifying. You come out of
0: the gate with that in the intro. I
3: know, I do. I I felt like I had to own it right away, and um, it was terrifying. I never thought of myself as a person that would write about their personal life and their childhood and everything. I was just doing characters and comedy writing before that. And um, I had the opportunity, So, and it was also something that was on my mind, and I was going through a transition where I had come from, you know, comedy writing ucb performing and then like television stuff and i i guess i wanted to do something more in depth um so i knew that because i had this opportunity if i didn't put myself out there a hundred and ten percent then it would not be as good so i think where it would have been more embarrassing (laughs) is if you have a memoir and you half-ass it or you try to like paint a picture of someone that you'd want to be or you'd want to be perceived of or I'm so cool and quirky. And I just knew that if I did that, your your reader will like, you know, see right through it. And that if you have an opportunity to get at something that's important, you owe it to yourself to be completely truthful. So it was definitely terrifying. But I think the, the worst alternative is to have a book that you're like Ugh, about when you look back at and so much of that is like being a teenager or, you know going back and you're just trying to like broadcast a way that you wish you were instead of how you really are
0: yeah, there really no broad strokes
3: i i i tried to you know stay honest but also you have a lot of control because it really is just you and your computer or whatever so you you have there there's more control in the process of writing it than you ever think because no one's ever going to take it from you, edit it, and publish it. And that's something that I was always terrified of. So you can keep editing and keep revising and revising until you do feel comfortable. Forgive me for getting
0: the, uh, the, the, the legalness at all, but how— specific with names changed and all the names all, all the, names. the
3: identifying details okay. and worked with a lawyer of my own in addition right. to the publisher to make sure that
0: did was you true. know that was going to happen ahead of time or did was that something that surprised um, you
3: no it was something that i i went into it planning and being yeah. careful with
0: and have people who are like that's obviously me
3: no okay no i haven't okay. i i i got one note from someone that was a friend of mine that I mentioned, like, anecdotally, like, toward the end of the book. But um, but nobody I'd ever, like, been intimate with has been in touch with me because that's sort of the whole premise of It's like, yeah. I never heard from them anyway. Like, it, right. they're not in my life and haven't been and have not since. Hmm.
1: I'm doing something kind of similar now, which is totally out of character for me. I have a—this um, girl I dated writes for Vice now. And she was like, for Valentine's Day, I'm going to interview a bunch of ex-boyfriends. And she was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, I have to say her name and stuff. And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what, I'll do it. And she sent me these questions and I like, don't really remember, <laughs> and it, she's like, "Why did we break up?" I'm like, "We broke." I don't know. Like, she's like, "What was like our best moment?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> "So I'm really struggling with it." And I feel like your memory is so good. Like, I feel like you have so many details where I can't, especially with the relationships. Women like, remember. It's we're just like, like
3: we're like elephants. We oh, love peanuts. I was gonna say,
2: do you do you drink a lot or do you not? Are you not a big drinker? I'm
3: not a big drinker. I, I
2: that's where we would was be a, different. Yeah, the brain I smoked. Thing. I, think pot. It's, I, I think...
3: smoked a lot of pot in my twenties, though. So I do have my, you know, like I, I've got the substance sort of like influence on it, but I think women remember everything that's important.
0: Uh, young adult novel mm-hmm. that piques my interest. It's
3: uh, those you can sell those apparently in what? the book world. <laughs> um, Don't you
0: have to be Mormon?
3: Uh yes, I I converted. It took ten minutes. Oddly. Do you have the underwear? Oh, do I ever? I have lingerie. Uh, it's it's a it's a um reform Mormon
0: magic set. lingerie yes, that magic. You
3: know, well, I think all lingerie is magic. Yeah. So David Lee Roth, at least. <laughs> 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 um, no, I I'm coming out with that uh next year, uh 2013, I guess, which is crazy that it takes really long time for books to like package stuff and everything. But yeah, that was interesting. I hope to. Uh, I hope it'll reach teenage girls, and they'll be like indoctrinated into my brand.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a large section of Barnes and Noble.
3: Yeah, those still sell. They they do really well. Like I always, I don't I don't know how books make money, um, but sometimes they do, and I think young adult is one of the areas in which they do. So keep my fingers crossed that
0: very exciting. Of- yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, was that part of? the plan because no. I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person <laughs> who doesn't have one Jonah and I, I were going to write a book years ago yeah. called How Two Slackers Fell Into the Music Industry because mm-hmm. uh, Jonah ended up being music editor how young were you were you I was APS 22 22 music editor <laughs> of, a, of a national magazine you know and and uh, I ended up you know hosting stuff doing music stuff where they're like you know a lot about music I don't know shit about music yeah. I just yeah. like music <laughs> yeah. a lot and can talk and get that counts game. for everything people like it and so we'd find ourselves sitting at the office at Fuse being like, how did this happen? This is very odd. But <laughs> There's was, no plan. No There's plan. There's no plan.
3: There's no— Young
0: adult never just, this no, is No, the
3: opportunity came around. It was sort of part of that, like, when I got my New York Times thing in. It was mm-hmm. one of the opportunities that came into my agent. It was like, oh, would she be interested in this? And he really encouraged me to because it was something that he knew he could sell. And then I also sort of got rid of a certain amount of ego at a point where I realized that, like— As long as, if you're a writer, as long as you're being paid to write, you are really successful. And I needed to sort of realize that, whereas, like, when I was in my 20s and you're, like, you got these high hopes, so you're, like, I'm going to do everything or I'm going to do fucking nothing. I'm going to sit in the dark until, like, people get the hint that they should give me all the things in the world. So... Um, at the point where that opportunity came around, I was like, "Hell yeah! I'll, I'll I'll write a young adult novel. I'd never thought of it before, but if you're going to pay me to, and they did, and I was happy, and I learned a lot from the experience." So,
1: was yeah. it strange, like being like, "Oh, I can't use this adjective because they probably won't know what this means." <laughs> but, like my peers, would <laughs> I've know gotten what I mean. some
3: feedback about that. Like I wanted to name the guy, the cute guy in the thing, Kurt, like Kurt Cobain, because he's kind of like. Had those attributes, but um, girls think of Kurt as the gay kid from Glee apparently. Oh, that's wow. So they that's did crazy. like they fa- they said that the name Nick is sexier than Kurt, so the guy's name is Nick now, wow. which is interesting because, like, in my mind, it'd be like Kurt Cobain, but no, not so much. Well, it's
2: also funny because when you say Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana, kids are like, Wait, you mean from the guy from Foo Fighters is in another band? Yeah, They're like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, we're doing the, another How's Your Week live on February 2nd at the Bell House, by the way. If I'm I can go. plug. The lineup is amazing. Oh, thank you for coming in <clears throat> advance. I'll make I'll make sure to say hello to me at the thing after, but Teddy Leo and the pharmacist are going to be the uh, band. Love They're going to be on stage them. the whole time, and he, he gets to play Paul Schaefer, which he really enjoys. Like, he <laughs> plays something while his guests come out, and Tom Sharpling and Sandra Bernhardt are going to be there. Which Love. Is exciting. Both but of them. I mentioned it because last time uh, we did the same thing and Teddy was on stage. And during the interview I was doing, we were talking about um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I said, I had a thought about them recently. Are they the funky doors? Because I think they are. I think like Anthony Kiedis's shirtless thing, like, and like the Jim Morrison thing is really reminiscent and that, that they're like, at one point, you thought they were good, and then you're like, well, no, they're kind of cheesy. But then they come on, you've got, like, guilty pleasure with, like, sold squeeze or, like, I don't it's know. True. I think there's something to that. I, true.
0: True. I think but so, I, too. I think so, too. We definitely have a name for our thrash The Funky Doors. <laughs> <laughs> the Funky Doors. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned, sorry, the, ch- the Chili Peppers, too, because they have such an, like, it's it's, like, I know when I started listening to Chili Peppers and, like, you know, I was a big, like, Flea Fan too, and I started playing bass a little bit because of hearing Flea. And yeah, we interviewed some a lot of younger bands. We just interviewed this band where they were like, Yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of old school chili peppers like Californication. And I was like, <laughs> He's like, He's like, Yeah, you know, I don't mean to be like, but it was like, you know, Californication is where I started. And I was like, Dude, real, there's a lot of other stuff like you could go,
3: or just quick. like uh, that they would think it was named after, but the show fact time. that it hit me though, how
2: long they, they're, they've been around, and too, it's like, Well, they sort of transcend a lot of different uh genres too. So it's like, I don't know, they're. It'd be good if they never existed.
1: I would live with them never existing for the influence they've had on slap baits. Like, people just, like, that's every true. time you go to a music store and someone's like, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst
2: yeah, thing but that's ever.
1: Yeah, but like, if Primus
0: existed, it would still be happening.
2: Yeah, that's true. Minus that, that Les they? Claypool stuff is way well,
0: hard. Les is all slap was,
3: baits. Yeah, but, like, was Primus, don't you think Primus was influenced by the Red Hot Chili Peppers?
2: I don't know. It's about I the same know. time period. Probably similar. It, Primus was weird, like, more like weird
3: they're weird guys. Yeah. They're just yeah. super weird, yeah. weirdos. Yeah. yeah,
2: very
1: weird guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Chili Peppers just seems so Hollywood. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah,
3: yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I have been. I, I wonder about that though. You're right. If like, but what Tom Sharpling says is like, there, there are certain movies that you wish you could get rid of just because of the influence they've had on other movies, but you can't. Like Rushmore, for example, is right. like birthed a million shitty movies, but you don't want to get rid of Rushmore. Right. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. You know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I loved it when it came out. But at the same time, you can't you can't rue something for just be for what it has begot. Yeah,
1: I guess. Right. No, that's true, because that's how I feel about Napoleon Dynamite and, it, like, and like Juno. It's like, oh, those could...
3: are you just named generations two and three of Rushmore.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: I don't think Napoleon Dynamite is near 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 Rushmore. But I think it was very influenced by its like tone and aesthetic. like it had it just didn't have anything to say well, that's can, a mormon text too. It's very Those good guys mormon. are mormons
0: You're, they're very mormon
3: i grew up with tv and that's i worship at its you know <laughs> at its glow and i'm i'm happy to any any kind of tv project i'm working on i'm always happy to do it and mm-hmm. i I love film. I'm just more cynical about how things are made now in that world. Like, it kind of gives me the creeps that people only make like six movies and then they're really expensive. And I don't know, I haven't seen anything in the theater that I loved recently. I guess I saw um, that Errol Morris documentary, A Tabloid, which was incredible. That was the Mm -hmm. best movie I saw last year, but I didn't see a lot of other. Movies, whereas I've seen a ton of television. <laughs> what what TV,
0: what TV are you lo- loving? Well,
3: Eastbound and Down is coming back, and that's oh, something so I'm really excited about. And um, Jody Hill is just like, yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, those guys are. I I feel like they're using that. Ability to like just do a mini series. I than think the most. I
0: think foot fist way you're going to find has influenced a lot of movies. Oh,
3: that's a good point. I'm sure. You yeah, know, absolutely.
0: That movie. I was weeping watching that movie.
1: It's so good. You I know. saw actually saw the first episode of season three of Eastbound.
0: You
3: did. Yeah, because
1: I was interviewing someone who was in it and. I don't think I can talk about it, but it's amazing.
3: I'm sure. I I, I I don't even. It's one of those things that's so great that it defies yes. insight because mm-hmm. you just sound like a goon. You're just blabbering about how awesome it but is. It's just
1: and, I want more. I feel like I yeah. wish there was so much more.
3: I I love that. I love Breaking Bad. I I um. You know, I started watching Downton Abbey like every, every other person on Twitter. Should, I, should I start doing that? Um, I don't know. I, I, It was just something that I knew people were watching. So I I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And it's, it's definitely, I don't know if it's good, but I like it. I'll put okay. it that way. It's like Aaron Sorkin kind of thing. You're like, oh, I just watched five episodes. Is it good? Who knows? But like, I want to watch the next one. Um
0: how about Misfits? Have you watched that?
3: I have not watched Misfits. Mania, you watch, yeah. No Misfits. No.
0: It's on Hulu, it's a superhero thing, but okay. kind of a an English fucked up superhero. Oh, that's interesting. Thing. Very in the snark level, but I don't like laugh tracks. I don't like no studio based three camera, yeah, Desi Arnez. That's
3: ridiculous.
0: I, I think we're beyond that. There's
3: no place for that in modern times. <laughs> there is,
0: it's called the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. It's uh, for children. And yeah. Whitney, I think. Yeah, and Whitney's my, three yeah. camera,
3: all the stuff on CBS. Yeah, ick, yuck. No, it definitely is claustrophobic and icky-seeming. I mean, it's not, it, it's completely wrong. I love Louie. I, I love... Um, that's probably one of my favorite shows. Oh, too. it's yeah. just, like, yeah. completely what it, TV should be, which is, like, film in yeah. the 70s. Like, here, go that's do a, it, he, and it's all you.
0: That's a specific model, though. I mean, that was, he, um The Brad? Is that Brad? Leon, are you yeah. tagging out? Yeah. is we kiss. <laughs> oh. uh, Louis has. There, there are now aren't comedians and people saying I want a Louis deal because he has. Yeah, he it's, has such creative control. A, yeah,
3: but he's been like. You can't he's compare anyone it. to her to him. No, you know, of like, course. Yeah, yeah. No, completely. He's earned it, but also he's just been doing this for a year. Like, he he mm-hmm. made films, and I
1: think he makes it look easy, which is why I think yeah. people are like, "Oh, I could do that." Totally. It's like you cannot You're, do that. You know, yeah. No. no okay. Of course
3: not. Yeah. Not at all.
0: So these people you respect. uh What else? Do you, I watch
3: reality stuff. I watch Real Housewives. I find really fascinating. I think those women are ovaries. I find yeah, yeah. Men they're not my they're wife not so watches into men, that, but women it just... find it. It's it's like crack cocaine. I mean, it's really fascinating for women and and uh, certain gay men really like that. The, those those shows um, and stuff on Bravo for sure.
1: Yes, of course. You had one of them on your podcast recently. I had right? a couple
3: of Real Housewives. They, oh, really? They're not great interviews, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, But you seem like
1: they would love to talk about themselves.
3: Well, they do, and I am—you know, I I really just have them on mostly so I can meet them. And then (laughs) I—when I I talk to them, though, they can't reveal—because they're taping the um, season, so they can't really say anything. They're under so many, um, you know, conditions for their contracts so that I can't really get to the juicy stuff. And then I realized recently, like, that's not my job. That's, like, Andy Cohen's job. It's all a very self-contained franchise, but whenever I meet one, I feel like— there's a bigger celebrity in the room than, like, you know, Angelina Jolie. Come in, you'd be like, who cares? And Lisa Vanderpump from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is in with a dog, and you just, like, lose your mind. I mean... So what's the
1: ultimate for them? Like, Bethany, like, mm-hmm. getting her own show? Is that what all of them want, you think? All of them
3: want their own show, but more importantly, Bethany uh, sold her business uh, for, a, I think, like, $25 million.
0: If you're into that sort
3: of thing. Yeah. So, she, so a lot of them are on these shows to really advertise their own, I mean, I I hate to say it, but their own brand, and they don't really know what they're selling yet. And if they know what they're selling going into it, that's one thing. But then some of them will get deals like jewelry or fragrance or alcohol. Um, But it really is an era in which people, you know, it's been said, but people are famous for being famous. And I think it started as a soap opera. And then the women that they want, who are a little bit higher up on the social strata, Tend to go into it with an agenda, so that's also interesting to me. Kardashians despise them. I, I don't. I don't watch that show. It's it's too stupid to exist. I I do appreciate the Real Housewives because at least they have an education and they're older. I think right. the Kardashians are just vacant and. um I I just, it's just too dumb for me to.
0: I do find it's deplorable and everything I hate. It
3: completely is. And that wedding, you know, in a time where, like, gay people can't get married is absolutely despicable. Like, how (laughs) dare they make a, a, just like, of all the things to do, don't make a mockery of marriage, like, in this particular slice of social change.
0: Do you find that, and there was a, a wonderful quote on House. I do that all the time. I start a question and then I derail myself. Yeah. Into it's a fine What do you it mean? Works. Yeah, it's it works. Fine.
2: <laughs> no, it's
0: good. Quote on house where uh, house was dating uh, Lisa Lisa Edelstein and her mm-hmm. character, her mother was um, shit Murphy Brown.
3: Candice Bergen. Candice
0: Bergen, and she said, "So, would you convert to Judaism if you got married?" And he goes, "I'm an atheist." And she went, "Most Jews are atheists. It's about community."
3: <laughs> That's true. She's right.
0: And I thought that was very. Do you find that?
3: Oh, no question. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It's a cultural distinction more
0: than a spiritual one. Yeah. 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 I'm bad at both sides of that coin. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about it.
1: (laughs) But I think that's true for sure.
0: I learned a lot about— Because my best friend in high school was Jewish. And then, like, in a weird way, kind of fell out of it in college. It just never, like, crossed paths. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how much I knew about being Jewish. And then when I moved to New York— it sounds cliche, but you can yeah. ensconce with it when you meet oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of people. Yeah. And the majority mm-hmm. of my friends are Jewish thing. Mike, you might be the lone Catholic. Um, aside from my wife. Uh and I I learned about what helped me at the beginning of the book was oh, learning yeah. about camp.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. And I didn't realize
0: deal. that I didn't know what a teen tour was. Really? And I didn't know like how important like oh. camp was
3: it's a tradition that goes back to we didn't have country homes. We did not have an estate in Connecticut. So we would go to the Catskills. Um, you, you know, you go to like Cutners or... What is it called? Um, There were a million different resorts. So that was our version of, like, getting out of the Lower East Side for a weekend. And then that became summer camp. And then there was, like, this way to sort of escape the urban areas of New York to, to go to camp. And, yeah, there are Jews that are, like, still friends with their camp friends. And they're way too old to refer to them as camp friends.
0: One of my friends who's, like, in his mid-40s, he and his, like, one of his buddies— are still friends from camp. Yeah, it's weird. The guy who he's friends with from camp now runs the camp.
3: Yeah, that's super weird.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's and, super hardcore. Well, I grew up with all Jewish kids. Yeah. I had all Jewish friends, mm-hmm. and I went to camp. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: literally, damn straight. I was yeah.
2: like, I guess I'm going to camp too. You're yeah,
0: to camp. <laughs> But I didn't realize that once, like, adolescence years—hears? <laughs> Most adolescents learn to hear at 13. <laughs> no, in the adolescent years— That camp just became this, and I didn't get this growing up in the suburbs of Virginia, going to high school, but camp just became, like, just deviant school.
3: Oh, you mean that people would hook up and have sex and stuff? Yeah. they'd learn things. Yeah. Yeah, it's sexy. I
1: I didn't learn a lot. I went to an all-guys (laughs) camp in Hayward, Wisconsin, and I went for, like, four weeks one summer, and then went back for eight weeks. I remember, and that was, like, soured me on camp forever, because it's, like, two months Of all dudes, and I was, like, 15, and I remember my parents coming to visit me, being like, can I just go home? Like, I know it's expensive. I remember asking the same thing. Seriously. Pleading, actually. Yeah, like, a month felt like it was, like, 10 years. Like, it felt like a prison sentence.
2: Well, I I felt that way going to, like, I went to co-ed camp, but I wasn't into it. Like, I just didn't, like, it was very regimented, too, and they would wake us up, A, in the morning with, uh... Cabana every morning you're like,
3: kidding you blasting
2: to- into the bunks and uh is
3: Barry Manilow the camp yeah, no and I,
2: I felt like I was like dude you got cause all my friends were like dude you gotta come and they finally got me to go after. and I was like dude this is terrible it's like 7am why are they blasting this and after that it ruined I mean I couldn't <laughs>
1: it ruined Barry Manilow for ruined you too, Barry for me,
2: and then I was like oh, I actually Mandy. by the end got them to play heavy metal to at least wake us up I was like can somebody just throw some heavy metal on and like whatever and they did it but uh I just didn't like the, it was just regimented. And it's like, it was co ed, but you could, you had to like sneak out to hang out with the girls. Yeah. Like, you had to like really, like, go, it was like army. Like, you had to like get like seriously, like in like It was you like know. army.
3: They played taps at night. And, yeah,
2: it was really hardcore. I and I was like, like I used to war. write home. I like wrote letters to my parents, like, okay, I get it. Like, just, <laughs> just somebody, like, send, just somebody. Come, can somebody come get me? Wow, like, I'm
0: that I didn't know that everyone here had this, please send help. Yeah.
2: And I then, wrote help letters. Yeah. Well, look
3: where we are. I mean, we're not like <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to be friends with someone who was, like, homecoming queen. I I feel like it's something that it's kind of comes along with, like, being popular growing up and, you know— Camp sort of seemed like school part two, but much worse because there were no classes. Yeah, and so the yeah.
1: counselors like the counselors were like your teachers, except they would try to sell you porno for like twenty bucks. Oh, yeah, that's I felt like there was always like the dude is like, I got all these penthouses, twenty bucks each, and kids would be like buying them. And I
2: was like, <gasps> yeah, dude, weird. seriously, or
1: like really? a cigarette. What an or something. awful yeah. stereotype. Yeah,
3: that's interesting. Yeah,
1: that wow. never happened to me at school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why would yeah. they send you to Wisconsin? I'm you you sure. grew up in Chicago, I've,
1: Cleveland. Oh, I
3: see. Okay, so you already... My
1: dad went there. My dad was. I feel like knew the director. There was some kind of weird okay. family connection. Right.
3: Okay. But, Interesting. Because um, that seems sort of random to be like, oh, yeah, let's send this judo. Yeah. With I went with, with
1: another guy podcast. from my school. Yeah, I have no idea how I ended up there.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's another thing where I don't barely remember it. Like,
3: But that's what you're... I, I don't remember my first camp experience except for dribs and drabs, but that gets your mind doing you a favor. It's yeah, like a yeah. memory <laughs> that you're like, It's like right. rock
1: climbing and some other stuff Ooh,
3: <laughs> Rock climbing? That sounds horrible. Yeah, they had
1: one of the uh, walls. walls with the, oh, that was, no. That was like wow. the only cool thing to do. I felt like it was...
3: You like that?
1: I like that and like building rockets.
3: Here's what I did not like: relay races. Those <laughs> yeah, are dude. those are like Who human centipedes style, yeah. <laughs> like Rube yeah. Goldbergian sort. Of like the idea that like I'd be the one to fuck everything up for everyone else, and that 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 like lap going there or going back seemed like the longest time in the world. And I I never tripped and fell, or I, there it was never kind of a pee or pants moment, but it always felt like it was looming, and I just hated it you go like closer and closer to the top of the line so when you
0: just said that i heard you say it really quickly so i thought you said well here's what i didn't really like comma really racist and i was like oh Oh. we're gonna hear some
3: (laughs) shit what's going on some of my best friends are racists
0: (laughs) some of my relatives are racist are
3: they well you said you're from virginia i'm not i'm
0: from north carolina oh i
3: see we're in north carolina
0: charlotte mm-hmm now uh when 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 I was host working on television and I would interview someone yes. who was also a host. Yes. Do you find that having a podcast, as we have a podcast, that it's hard to answer questions without falling into, well, let me ask some.
3: Um, I hope I, I don't think so. I just like talking. I, I have yeah. a problem, if anything, just not talking over people. I'm trying to get better about that on my own show. I, don't, I listen back and I cringe when I hear myself talking over people. But.
0: Don't listen back. Don't listen, yeah. don't listen back or watch again. I, I've never watched anything we well, or shot. I not like
3: watching myself because yeah. then I'll just be like do the girl thing of like, oh, I look fat or like, oh, this is not a pretty angle for my fucking face. <laughs> even- and I hate myself when I think those thoughts, but I do. But I can hear my own voice without wanting to, you know, commit suicide.
0: Uh, see, I've never been able really. To you hate your yeah, own voice. It's, it's, I, I find my voice generic. I and, feel like everybody And nasally. Your voice is awesome. Shut I, it. Everyone hates listening to themselves. Yeah, but you have this deep baritone that just sounds like <laughs>
3: silk. And Your voice is fine. Oh, you.
0: <laughs> I, want, I want to wrap this up with yes, something please. that I remind. Yes, please. And
3: I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: Jonah, define. What does that mean? Um, you mentioned teaching at UCB earlier. Yes. Yes. I went through four levels at UCB. Did you? Why weren't you my teacher?
3: I don't know. I, I regret not being your teacher. Yeah. Did you take improv or did you take I, writing? Or I took improv. I taught writing. I never taught improv. I taught sketch writing. Okay. I taught essay writing. Oh, okay. Um And uh, and I and I love doing it. And Do I you still. I don't. But I would. I would definitely be up for teaching. Like at least like an intensive or a workshop mm-hmm. here and then. Um. But I some of my students actually one of my students just started teaching last week, which was awesome, and I was super proud and really happy and i i think um I, I i definitely don't think that writing and teaching writing are the same skill or people who have one don't necessarily have the other but um i learned a lot from teaching and i i would love to do it again well you you taught as a yeah sub and that was a sub Yeah, you still learn I, I think that's like i just think it's a great way to relate to people how did help you get people. connected
0: with ucb to become a teacher did they ask was it people you knew
3: yeah i started out at ucb i i took um uh, my first class at ucb like 11 years or 12 years ago um, when i graduated college in 2000 i just started taking level one level two level three mm-hmm. then i put me on a house team and i really consider uh ucb my alma mater like i you know, there are people who are really into their, like, college, and that's, like, me with UCB. I completely credit uh, that community for Mm -hmm. giving me opportunities, and I was just, you know, I I feel lucky to have been a part of it, but also just to kind of, like, do stuff there and then not feel like um, it's—I guess sometimes people get overwhelmed with, like, oh, you know, do I need to be there every week, or, like, they can sort of— sort of like my relationship with that place has been great and that I can always return and always do stuff and sort of come and go and they have always felt like really supported by them which is nice because I'm not like someone who comes from a group like the idea of like camp is horrifying and it's always weird when you're used to doing stuff alone to have to feel like you belong somewhere there's always some you know I don't want to belong to a club that would have me as a member stuff but UCB always been a great place for me
0: so to go from—so you started improv, and yes. then—but and then, and then but what intrigues me is you taught writing. Yes. So that, that's a—
3: Well, I got kicked off my Herald team uh, after they put me on a house improv team, and that kind of was like a big—that was a blow to my ego, but I also realized that I wasn't meant to be an improviser necessarily, and that if I really wanted to perform, I would write for myself, and that really got me to write for myself, and then I sort of was a writer-performer for a chunk of time, and then I kind of— became more of a writer. And I feel like that sort of – honestly, there's no plan, but you look back and you're like, oh, that's how that was meant to happen.
0: Was writing something you studied explicitly in school? Or not just really. I studied all
3: kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I took journalism classes and dramatic writing. Class. And I feel like everyone should, I mean, if mm-hmm. you're, especially if your parents are paying for it. like By all means, you mm-hmm. should just like take something in every department and then – because you're not going to have to figure out what you're actually doing so you're mm-hmm. looking for work outside of uh, – College, yeah, but. I had that
0: philosophy and it almost kept me from graduating, but yeah,
3: it, I, it took me a, <laughs> an extra semester myself.
0: Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, okay, that's fascinating. The writing because I, I, when you teach, you yeah. find out quickly that you either can or you cannot, yep. and it's one of those weird, uh, genetic things yes. where there's a way to impart information. And
3: or like you know, some writers are good editors and some editors are terrible writers. I mean, they're just different skills. Mm-hmm. Wow, and you fell. In it. I yeah. I and I feel like it definitely. I remember you know at the time being like I don't want to write unless I can perform, and then just sort of being like shut up. You know, you yeah. like look back at yourself. You're like just shut up, <laughs> shut up. Oh my god, <laughs> stop yeah. whining. Like write stuff. You're so fucking lucky to be able to. And then later you'll perform again. Like calm down. Just like stop whining. You look back at yourself and you just want to like slap yourself. So the the
0: podcast. Uh, how did that start?
3: I, uh, Patton Oswald tweeted something that was like, When is Julie Klausner going to start a podcast? And he like publicly shamed me into starting podcasts. <laughs> but I was so grateful for the uh, suggestion because I think oftentimes like friends will, you know, they don't want to like pressure you into stuff or pimp you into things that mm-hmm. you might be uncomfortable doing. But like that was kind of the kick in the ass I, I needed to do it because I kind of did want to do it. But I, it, it took him to be like you should do this, and I did, and uh, I figured it out with like a um, my my friend and producer puts like the shows together physically, like with the editing and everything, and I just do the interviews and week to week, sort of figure out what the show is more and more.
0: So, as a teacher, mm-hmm. as a writer, yes, if someone a as podcast, a woman, as a, as a as woman, Jewess. As it, you know, it's the Jewess term. I love it. It's very sexy. Very sexy, and Is people it? think I'm being offensive <laughs> when I say it. I'm like, I oh, should <laughs> What would people? I don't know, because people are ob- obnoxious.
3: The ascetic women in the supermarket, you're yeah. like, move it, Jewess. Negress,
0: you can find offensive. Oh, Some you can't do. say that. You can't, you can't. Yeah. And I wouldn't. So, as a teacher, yeah, as, as a podcast as person, a woman. how are we doing? How are we doing? You, any notes? <laughs> Wendy Williams? Any notes? We're Not n- bad. We're new.
3: You guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. doing great. How, how many shows have you guys done so far? Is there a ninth? That's you've got plenty in the can, yeah. I don't think of you as newbies, yeah, you just keep doing it,
0: yeah, we're going to. I we don't like see it. why
3: you wouldn't yeah. I think it's i um, how often do you guys put out a show?
0: we at um, the moment not, we haven't we, put one out yet, we, oh,
3: I see you're hoarding them, yeah. and, hoarding. and then you want to do yeah, one, yeah. like one a week <laughs> or, yeah, or one yeah. a month, okay, cool, yeah, that's I like look forward to downloading this very episode and listening to more do you do you, do you listen to? Podcast, do you drive? You you take I the train in, drive but
0: train, and, and I, like, I do a lot of yard work. I
3: feel like that's where you listen to podcasts um, in the car. I know people in LA listen to podcasts a lot more uh, than
1: do you feel like you, you can't, like, can't write when you're listening to a podcast? Oh, no, no question, but you try to do it all the time.
3: I or like even like send an email when you're yeah. like, yeah, definitely. You can't, it's really tough, I think, to find because I don't want to listen to them when I'm exercising necessarily. Right. Um, I I guess like on the subway is good, but then you're like, then you're there, (laughs) and then, uh, so it's it's. I think driving is like the perfect way to like listen to many have a one sided conversation. I think it's nice to have like a voice there, Mm. keeping you company. And a in a in a perfect world, that's what podcasts to me are like. Mm. You know, you're talking to your friend or you're listening to your friend in your ear, and it's intimate and. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we are beyond thrilled
2: to have had you. Here. Thank you
3: so much for having Can me. I do something.
2: I, I'm trying not to do this anymore, but I wanted to bring it back to you the, make
3: me smell your armpits.
2: Begin it. Yeah, totally. We're gonna bring it back to my armpits. I trust armpits. you. I believe you. Believe do it. Me. Just because I forgot to throw this in before, and this is strictly just for anyone else. Take it back to the monkeys. Yes. And then
3: please
2: from monkeys. This is again my brain. Uh, Amy Dolans made me think of and she's has, out of control. Has anyone ever seen the movie Miracle Beach, starring Amy Dolans, Pat Morita, and Alexis Arquette? <laughs> Where she's a genie who grants wishes to, like, no. Need to, need <laughs> Nobody. To, hold on, I'm
3: writing this down. All right. I can't you believe have to, you guys have you never it. You have seen to see it. this no, because it. it's
2: one of those things where it's like I still somehow catch it randomly, like, late night on HBO, and it's amazing. It's I can't even believe that it was, but, like...
0: Jonah, Mike handed me a DVD <laughs> of Mike Patton's movie Firecracker. Did you know that existed? <laughs> nope. I'm What's we- it about? I don't know. It's listen. Like bottle Mike rock Patton plays like two shower. characters in it.
2: Yeah, it's insane. He plays like a carny. Uh, you know. Anyway, Miracle, Miracle Beach. Miracle Beach. It's Amy Dolans is a genie, oh, and Pet Marita is like her her boss. But he plays on Earth. He's he's a pretend. He's a he plays a homeless person that she doesn't know is her boss, watching her because this is her last shot at like she's gonna get trapped in a bottle if she doesn't do her job right because each time she screws it up.
3: Have you guys considered doing a weekly recap where he just describes a movie? <laughs> that would be a great feature. I would just suggest um, that off the bat. Yeah. It's like, a movie with a
1: really convoluted
3: plot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or yeah. like it could be a movie that you've heard of or not, but just like have him describe a movie.
0: We're trying to keep this as format-less as popular, <laughs> yeah. but I like that I idea. I think that might be a
3: good recurring feature, yeah. Mike. My, this yeah. stuff uh, naturally comes
0: out of Mike, actually. <laughs>
2: anyway, I had to bring it up, and I was hoping maybe someone— I wish
3: seen. I had. I, I saw her work, and she's out of control with Tony. And Danza. also, Witchboard
2: Two. If you haven't seen, I'm she's insane. Write that
3: one. <laughs> seems like a waste of my time to take that. Yeah, them. Witchboard yeah.
2: One. Witchboard you
0: know, Two. It, legally. Yeah, like... <laughs> Witchboard Two. Red, White, and Board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Updated that. It used to be Witchboard Two. Electric Boogaloo. But yes, it's to Red, keep White, and the Electric board.
3: Boogie Board. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway, that's it. Sorry.
0: Cool.
3: Don't be sorry. Oh yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad to have given that to you.
0: Well, thank you. And at some point, I we would like to it. emulate your show. We want to do a couple of live ones ourselves, yeah. But with I bands,
3: would love to 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 attend uh, those those Wait, fi- those live shows that you just mentioned. You should come on it. Yet. This fictional thing to. that might
1: exist in the future.
3: I'm happy to always do that all <laughs> <of> the time. <laughs> thank you, Julie. Thank you thank so you, much.
0: Julie. I think Julie has risen to the top of the list of my favorite people ever.
1: Yeah, you guys are on a different level
0: that I felt like I couldn't really follow at points. <laughs> she It's not that she was into the Monkees, but she knew records that I had forgotten about, which is rare. I kind of remember albums. And then all the stuff she's doing. Okay, one, we have to get Ted Leo in here. Yes. Just yeah. period. But two, he's her Paul Schaefer. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. And he's hilarious. And then she she kind of blew him up by saying he drinks more than anybody. <laughs> This like super like vegan guy that you would normally associate with someone being straight edge. He's like, oh, no, this is a horrible, horrible drunk. Ridiculous. Uh, Please go out and buy Julie's book. Jonah? Yes. It's called I Don't Care About Your
1: Band. Because I'm going to (laughs) screw it. And uh, Ted was at the live taping that I went to. Oh, the one you attended? The one I actually did attend. Yes. Okay. And he was the band leader, much like Paul Schaefer,
0: and uh, it was great. That's called recapping. Yes. Well done. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See, you don't see on podcasts. That's just dumb. You will hear us, and we will hope you are hearing us on next week's podcast. Adios.